0: Who was your um, pick for Fat Bear Week this week, uh, this year? The what? Are you familiar with Fat Bear Week? No, I'm not familiar with Fat Bear Week. If I Fat... type this into Google... Yes, it a... 100%. It's run Fat by... Fat Bear Week. It's Choose run... the fattest bear of the year. Yeah. What the fuck? It's run by some uh, estates, um, wildlife, uh, park department. Um, and it's basically in a place where there's a bunch of bears who are about to go into hibernation and they find the 16 fattest bears and then people choose their favourites and eventually one comes out the winner
1: Meet the bears
0: of Fat Bear Week, Chunk? <laughs> yeah, so the fact Spoilers, but What's a fucking fat bear? <laughs> yeah, spoilers, it came down to Chunk and 747 were the two in the final um, and I think 747 won uh, if I remember correctly These are some, these are some fat bears <laughs> They don't call it Slend Bear Week. internet. It's the 13th of October 2020 and this is the Game of Engine Start podcast. My name is Ewan. My name is Callum. And I would like to offer a Note. general cry for help maybe I think that's, that's more appropriate. Um, can I please, can you make me stop taking up hobbies that cost a lot of money to do? <laughs> I mean... <sighs> It it's, depends on which one of your hobbies now that you're so talking like, about. Because I'm because
1: I'm currently, literally, I'm going to put this down because it's going to make a lot of noise on cam- uh, my camera. Like, God, this podcast is going to go so badly because I cannot it's speak today. So okay, um, I'll be a short one. <laughs> the, it, I'm holding the tape measure that I bought for playing Warhammer. So oh, Christ. That, if you're talking about expensive hobbies, yeah. I already play Magic the Gathering. I'm yep. now i'm gonna start playing warhammer again so i'm fucked basically so yep. i don't know how
0: expensive your hobby is so like i did so like when i first when i first got my proper grown-up job and i was like cool i can do all the hobbies that i couldn't afford to do before so i, I took up snowboarding which is very expensive and like couldn't really do very easily from here because i had to travel down to glasgow where you are and it yeah. was expensive but it was fun and then i that kind of faded out and they're like oh i've been i've been playing guitar for years and guitars are expensive and i bought a bass for reasons um but you bought, ex- a, you bought a bass because you crumbled for so the i crumbled yeah and i just really wanted a bass um generally pc and game stuff not the cheapest of hobbies specifically pc stuff spending what's how much was my 2070 500 quid 600 quid something like that i can't remember you know I mean- it's just
1: video games in general
0: are still a pretty expensive hobby. They are, and they're about to become more expensive, right? They're all going to be 70 quid each. Oh, yeah, that's, that's damn true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you thought guitars are expensive, can I introduce software synthesizers? Holy shit. Oh, yeah, right. Software. Well, no, even even the launch pad that you
1: bought was like 500 quid, right? No, it was, was 120,
0: not- 110 or something. Like it was not. Oh, okay, sure. You know, right, that was funny. not expensive. That's um, less expensive than I thought it was. But software synthesizers well physical synthesizers thats a whole other ballgame which I'm not even going oh near. So fucking physical synthesizers are like thousands of pounds yeah so and then you gonna... get and then you get into modular where it's like how about rather than spending 5,000 pounds now you just build
1: your own No, you we build your own in
0: slices of 100 pound okay. each <laughs>
1: I was gonna say, yeah, like these fucking stainless steel boxes that you plug together and then put cables in, and then that's. The it's, way that it's really it works, cool because so. you buy
0: like a rack, and then you just put the little units in. Ah, and yeah,
1: the, the rack to put the boxes in is really expensive. Yep. Uh-huh. And the cables are stupid because you need like thousands of the cables. Yeah. Um. So I, I so I was, I
0: yeah. was looking over the weekend, and I was messing around. I spent like most of Saturday just fucking around with music stuff, which currently is like, <laughs> currently the extent of that for me is like, synthecos burr, but like it's. Yeah. I was looking around. And I was like, okay, if I actually want to do this type of thing, this type of the this type of thing, what do I actually need to get? Because you can get reasonably far with free stuff. But I was like, okay, sure, yeah, yeah. What 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 do I actually need? And I looked up, and a lot of like the kind of EDME, you lo-fi need- lo dubstep <laughs> you stuff. Fucking, you need like Ableton. Like, so I've got Ableton, like- right? Oh, really? Is Ableton not fucking expensive? So like, so you get like a, the intro? No, you get the free version of Ableton. I got with my Launchpad which is restricted. Ah, okay. And right. then there's the intro version, which is the their lowest tier of Ableton is 70 quid. I think some of that, which okay. gives you all the plug, uh, all the, the effects and stuff like that. And just limits the amount of tracks you can do and stuff like that. So that's what I've got. And I've been fucking around with that. So though.
1: you can't, you can't do fucking Jacob Collier style, like 300 track. No. Mental case thing.
0: Well, no, you're, you're limited the scenes, not tracks, but that's a whole different. Plugin. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, so I, I, was, I was looking okay like if I wanted to actually do this and start and I started fucking around with the free stuff I've got and I was like okay there's a limit here like what what do I actually need I started looking around at like YouTube tutorials and all this kind of stuff and it turns out like for a large chunk of like the electronic stuff that I like to want to do, I want to do like kind of dubstepy EDM lo-fi stuff basically yeah. there are two plugins right there's a plugin called Serum and there's a plugin called Massive and they basically mm-hmm. do like 90% of that entire scene is those two plugins I was like, okay, I could, if I want to throw some money at a hobby, let's do this and let's see. Serum on its own is two hundred pounds. I was like, whoa, yeah. that's expect that's, that's. But is that is that like a suite of plugins? Nope, that is that... it's it's a very complex and like flexible plugin, but it's just a synthesizer. Like it is just a synth. Right. Okay. It has it's just a synth plugin. Okay. But it has like a massive array of options, and like you can get some wide variety of shit out of it. But it is designed to do that kind of thing. It's like, that's 200 quid. Fuck, okay. And then I looked at Massive, which does like base stuff. And that's like 120 or something like that. It's like, okay.
1: 129 pounds. Something like that.
0: And then there was another one called Pigments, which I'd seen a lot of people talk about. um, Which also did like, covered a bunch of other genres. It was Massive and what? What was the first Uh, one? Serum. Serum. Um, And then I found Pigments, which a lot of people talked about, which also gives you more flexibility. This is the thing, okay, I've seen people use yeah. Serum before. See, everyone, every YouTube tutorial you ever look at to do any of this kind of stuff, all use Serum. And all the tutorials yeah. are like, hey, create, like, dubstep wobble bass in 10 steps, and, like, step one is get Serum. And you're like, fuck it, this is not a tutorial if... You have to spend if, almost $200 if you're sp- on... If you're doing a tutorial about, here's how to build a guitar, and step one is buy a guitar, that's not a tutorial, I'm sorry. Like, that's not how this works. Modulation, um, what do
1: you want? Yeah. real-time wavetable manipulation wave fuck, tables, wavetable
0: stuff is incredible anyway um, that's, is that,
1: that's, that's the thing where you're actually like altering how the sound wave works right Like, that's I, the... no that's
0: fm synthesis wavetables like FM. rather than just you generating one waveform how about you generate 256 waveforms that change and then you go like in 3d backwards and forwards through the waveform it's that's, wild it's very cool it's very very cool um, and there's another one called Pigments that has even more flexible and I thought okay maybe I should just get Pigments because this actually does more stuff and actually if I'm going to invest I should invest and I was like Pigments is like 200 quid as well or something like that and then, <laughs> and then I found there's a website called Splice which I found out about because you get like a free a free trial of it um, when I bought my lunch pad. Splice does rent to own plugins which is a wild concept to me where Rather than paying £200 for Serum, you spend 10 a month for 20 months and then you own Serum. <laughs> and it's like... What? Okay. That is weird. Like, and it's like the up, like the, the extra money is not too much. You can stop at any point. You can pay off the rest of the balance at any point. Like It seems like a decent deal. But just wrapping my head around the concept of rent-to-own software synthesizer is just... Like, it makes sense, right? Because this shit's expensive. Sure, yeah, yeah. And if you only want to try it for a month, then, you know, it would make sense. So I'm probably going to do that and just fuck around with this thing and see what I can do. But You, you,
1: like, learning music production is so fucking weird because you'll just message me every so often going, I made a
0: thing. I'm yeah, like, I totally, All that's, that's what happened. And it was really weird as well. Yeah, like, I, I, I
1: accidentally made an Akira Yamoka soundtrack. Totally. Absolutely, good job, Ian.
0: I'd been fucking around with, like, four different sounds hmm. and, like, a, like, a, like, a, uh, uh, drum pattern. I was like, "There's something here," and I can't quite do it. And then it literally flicked on like a reverb, and suddenly it was the Kyary Ukita track. And I was like, "Oh, this is the thing I'm actually trying to make." Okay, got you. And then you the know, thing yeah, I've actually only been making this whole time. Yeah, totally. It's so much fun. Like, it's it's like I'm never. Gonna yeah, it. The, this is
1: this is this is like you to a T, where it's like all you're really doing is hitting buttons, but there are so many things behind the hitting buttons that totally. Is, that's, but it's, that's it, it. Like, that's but it's also,
0: I mean, that's also the reason why I cannot get near modular sense, right? Because then it's literally just like these tiny racks no, of things is, that you plug cables between. And they all that's, like...
1: That's, that, that, if you get into that, that room of your house where you're sitting in right now becomes a modular suite. And totally. I think uh-huh. your wife leaves you at yeah. that point.
0: We're, we're slowly getting to the point where when we moved in here and the priority for this room in particular was we need a shit ton of bookshelves. For yeah. her stuff, and I was fine. That's yep. That was t- always the plan. This is fine, but I am now hitting the point where like my shit is taking up the same amount of as the bookshelves. So now we're even again, and then I have to start justifying space. <laughs> so I was like, no, I cannot get a modular rig because modular rigs. A no, giant. don't
1: get. Do not get a modular rig. Like, I know, that I'm not... so.
0: I am so far away from that. Like, I'm so far away, so far away, away,
1: away
0: from getting from a modular that. rig. Um, but I, d- I did download the the demo of Pigments and. That software synthesizer comes with a five step a five part tutorial. Like that's the level of complexity we're talking about here. It's no longer just an instrument, it's like yo, here's how all of this thing this works. Just like, okay, sure. Mm. Right, okay. So I would appreciate if I could stop doing hobbies that are expensive. I mean, I fucking
1: you've not seen Warhammer like this is No, I
0: did Warhammer for years, remember?
1: I've been. No, there I know that, that, but you were you were like a t- you were
0: like young at
1: that point. Like dad bought all the shit for you. Like that was it's true. I'm I didn't spend for a lot. This money.
0: Yeah, yeah. I expensive.
1: For this. I had to buy all the paints. I had to buy the models. Are you painting as well? I, you have to. That's the part of the thing. Although what? now, Games Workshop, Games Workshop, are now let you cheat because is it not just called Warhammer now?
0: Is it not just Warhammer? Is that not the name of the company now?
1: No, no it's. Uh, yeah, kind of. It's Warhammer and there's Citadel that is like the big... Oh, yeah, okay, sure. But Citadel released... This is just going to be a fucking weird podcast. Yep, Citadel released a paint line that are called Contrast Paints that okay. are a mix between your your colour and your shade in one paint. So it's a, it's a thing, literally, you base coat your models and you slap that thing on, mm-hmm. and it's basically done... Like, you're... It, it's crazy how well it works because I, I thought it was, like... There's no way this can work as well as it does and it fucking
0: does, like, it's insane. Is it like the ink thing that gets in all the cracks that does the highlighting for yeah, it, so it, the it, it, it?
1: it's like... It's like, um... It's like a thinner paint. It's, like, yeah. slightly thinner, but it, it moves in a weird way. Yes. So if you just, like, put the specific base coat on it and then slap the thing... Like, I was painting a bunch of guys mm-hmm. and I'd base coated them and I needed to paint all the armour black. So you just get the black contrast paint you slap the thing on... And then when you let it dry, all the plates are black, but the edges are all highlighted in the gray that's the base coat because it's run off it. It's like, that's insane. It makes painting so much easier. And it means you can get it to the point where your guys don't look like shit on the table so much faster. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm watching
0: a YouTube video. This is impressive
1: like it's so much quicker and like obviously it's not perfect because you have you could go in and do like highlighting and a whole bunch of other stuff that you could do to make it look better but if you just want to build models and slap paint on them to get playing the game yeah you can have that done like cracked out in like an afternoon yeah like ready go
0: this video is a guy doing an ultramarine and i'm just like yeah that's that looks so much simpler than
1: yeah it's way easier now if you if you don't care that much about like oh, I need to do, like, the edge highlighting, I need to do this crevice highlighting and, like, ink-based stuff and all that stuff. If you're just literally, I want my models to not look like shit and not not painted, yeah. fucking slap contrast paint on it and it's fine. That's the thing amazing. that really got me was, um, there's a paint color for it called Gilliam Flesh, which was, like, if you have a guy that has, say, not a helmet on and it's his head, mm-hmm. put put that on it. And I was like, there's no way this works because flesh is one of the most like complicated things to paint because it's yep. like multi-tone and there's a bunch of crevices and stuff. I was like, let's see what happens. So I slapped this and flesh on this guy's head, let it dry. And it dried into like four different colors and it looks like perfectly, like it's the, it got in around the ears, it got in the mouth perfectly, like it, it all works. And he's bald. So it was like lighter on top than it was lower down. So there was even gradients of color and stuff like that. It was insane.
0: Yeah, was I was so impressed by that thing. I'm watching this guy using the the leather color one, and it seems yeah. So yeah, I did that. Wood
1: woodworm or something like that is the brown one. Snakebite leather, like, I think, was the one. This is. Oh, I think that's a highlight color. But yeah, the contrast the contrast paint one because he had a pouch on his lapel was right. literally just put that on it, and it was like. Light brown in the right areas, dark in between, like, it was, like, perfect. There's, like, I couldn't have done that. If I if I wanted to try that normally, I couldn't have done that. And it's just, yeah. it's perfectly done it just by me going, whoop, and then huh. that's it. It's done. I mean, it's a... harder to use because it, like, it pulls way more than normal paints. So you yeah. have to really, like, carefully not, because the problem that I'm having is that the guys that I'm painting have, like, stripes of yellow on them. And yellow is, like, notoriously really difficult to paint. Yes. And I've I've kind of fucked it up where I've let it pull on some flat bits, and if it pulls, it starts looking like orange. Oh, so okay. so now I've learned I need to rebase coat those areas and then do it again, but basically again. just be really light with it. Just just not don't put too much on the brush, and just be really really light about it. That it should sense. be okay. And I mean, th- um, the thing you're
0: going for, like you're never—I I don't think you're aiming for like spectacularly painted. Like you just want stuff that doesn't oh, look like oh, ass. Oh.
1: Yeah, like yeah. the the thing that would like the thing that I'd, I want something that like someone if you're looking at it from like a table perspective, like mm-hmm. actually playing the game, someone would look at it and go, yeah, they're painted like that's yep. I was that's kind of all I want. I'm not here to be like I'm not here to be dad. like I'm not here to be like crazy. Let's like spend fucking three months on one set of models or whatever. I just wanted to be like someone to someone to not look at it and be like, what the fuck have you done there? Like to just <laughs> casually glance over it yeah and yeah that's what contrast paint lets you do it's just like go poop and then it's done
0: can i make a recommendation that like listen we're all having a rough time right now uh and constant 24 7 streaming of bob ross on twitch has been helping me a great deal Mm -hmm. in sleeping particularly Mm -hmm. um get some of your bob ross techniques in there get like a palette knife just scrape oh, oh, I've
1: got, I've got, I've got a wet pallet. Don't you worry. Like I've already got, I've got everything sorted.
0: Get, get a little pail on your palette knife and scrape it because your ultramarine and it'll be fine. You think you can play space marines? Come on, that's not. So I was about to ask who are you playing. actually playing. Wait, let me guess. Let me well, guess. Is it Eldar?
1: No, it's not. Oh. Um, the so the the it's changed because like so before in the before time is when we were allowed <laughs> yeah. outside. Yeah. Um, we're playing Kill team, which is like small scale. For oh yeah, game. yeah. Um where I played Harlequins, which is kind of like Eldar, but it's yes. not the same faction. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um and they're really fun. They match how I like to play things, which is literally just run at people and hit them in the face until they die. <laughs> um And then I started like watching people play 40k, and like some of my friends are being like, let's scale it up and like do stuff like that. And I'm a really big fan of like elite armies, like not many units, but the units are yes, super high, good at everything and high value low
0: numbers. Yep.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I've been watching people play a bunch of stuff because I just like having it on and work. Because like having battle reports on is just like this thing. Mm-hmm. And there were a bunch of people, or a few people I was watching, was playing. They're called Adeptus Custodes, who are like the The elite of the elite space Marines they're like the protect like the the personal bodyguards of the emperor, okay, and they're like donned in like gold armor and stuff like that, but they are like if you're if you're playing like fifteen hundred points of custodies, it's like fifteen models, and I'm like nice that's that's about right, yeah, that's like I'm not spending too much money, but they're they are all like fucking four wound models with like four up three up saves and like
0: <laughs> okay yeah that nothing sounds right.
1: ever, nothing's ever gonna die if they get close to you their weapons are mental like it is that's the sort of army that i want to play and it's like yeah my, i like tallied up and i was like yeah that's like maybe six boxes worth of models like that's not a lot so it's fine let's just do <laughs> yeah. that it's not like fucking people that are sitting like my mate ross who sits and plays orcs Oh, like, we've got thousands of fucking models. He is, he is sitting painting fucking grots and boys like every night oh, trying geez. to get enough of the fucking swarm to come up. Whereas I'm just going to turn in and be like, look, here's my 15 guys. This is <laughs> this is my whole army.
0: Choose um, yeah, definitely choose the faction that lets you spend the least amount of money and still have a viable that my, team. That was my yep. fault, yeah. 100%. Because
1: I really like really playing Eldar, but they kind of need a fair amount of models. And then I was like going through the list of like, what can I buy here? And I was like, I don't want to play space Marines because that's really boring. Even yeah. though they're really good. I didn't want to play the other elite armies. I can't remember. And then I saw the people play custodies and I was like, that's pretty cool. It's just this fucking field of people in gold. And then nice. if they
0: get close to you, you're just fucking dead. It's amazing. Well, like seven, eight years ago when I almost relapsed and looked back into gold, uh, uh games workshop stuff i was like oh what ca-? like yeah. i i had the same thought and i was like i want to spend the least amount of money on the least amount of models and still have a viable team i was like oh i wonder if fucking um oh christ what's the game that just came out There was a, a video game version of it just came out it's like necromanda yes Necromunda. i was like you have a team of like six people that's gotta be fine right yeah. and then you look at it and it's like oh yeah you only you only buy six models but then you buy thousands of pounds worth of um scenery and you're like oh yeah no that's
1: weird we have like a necromunda campaign planned we obviously can't play it um that's yeah that's kind of the problem with necromunda is you don't have a lot of models to worry about but you need a lot of scenery and building and stuff like that yeah um that's gonna be a fun one because the necromunda necromunda's like space you're like you're like fighting over like a mining planet yeah and the people that i play with were was sitting talking about it and they were like, oh yeah, like if we have one more person and I was like, well, what's everybody playing? And nobody was playing like, there's a faction in it that's basically space police, like a oh. riot squad. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Fucking like, what's the benefit of playing the police is that they were like, well, everybody in Necromunda is kind of like, they're gangs. So they're, they all just like scrap stuff together mm-hmm. and like, so their armor's all really bad and their guns are really shit Whereas the space police try, have equipment. They just try yeah they just try and run at you with knives and stuff like that whereas you're the police and you can like requisition shit from off planet. So you turn up to the first few fights with like grenade launchers and shotguns <laughs> and like actual armor, like real armor and riot shields and stuff. I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. Let's do that. Jeez. You get scaled, but you turn up on the first thing like when people are like fighting for control of an area. Yeah, you just turn up and gas the entire place. You're like, "Hi, on, hi, 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 on." Let's not do this. <laughs> Great launcher <or> everything. <laughs> it's, I'm pretty excited oh. to do that, but I'll eventually get there. Maybe at some point in
0: 2021, yeah, or whatever it, really whenever we can go back out again after we've all been yeah, there whenever we can the seventh isn't... time. Jesus. Yeah. Um, yes, We're I can't, can't even. We can't
1: even drink anymore. God damn it! Can't even drink anymore. <laughs> Well, they closed all
0: the pubs. Oh, right. There. Sorry. Yes, of course. I can't remember. drink in your house if you want to. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Um, I was actually trying to think when the last time I was in a pub, and I think I went to a mate's birthday thing in February. I want to tentatively say, I think that was the last uh, time I was in a well. Pub. I was thinking, well. We were in like a we were in like a bar restaurant thing like not long ago. Yeah, like, true. I suppose, but that that doesn't really so, count. Like, I was like, you're. It's a bunch, of, bunch of mates going out for a drink. That has not happened since February. And I was like, oh Christ, yeah. That Lads hit the town. Lads hit the town. You know, um, as you do. Yeah, weird. Um, yes. So the reason why we spent fifteen minutes talking about nonsense is that there's not a lot of games yeah, really. I think video games are thin on the ground. Yeah. So I'll very quickly cover a couple of things. Um, I start. We started fucking around with Splunky too because we'd been what I'd been watching people play it. And I was so like, you say we? I touch. Spelunky yeah, so like the, the way we're, the way that I'm playing Splunky Two is, me and my wife are sitting, just passing the controller between each other, oh, and okay. every time we die, and it's very funny, and we're not taking it serious in any way, shape, or form, and it's a much we're a much better time with that game than I would have if I just bashed my head against it for a while. Um, that PC version of that game is weird, even now. Yeah, um, I've heard it's pretty. Uh, so it strange. seems like it seems like playing it like just playing it seems to be fine but i play most of my stuff like using a steam link through to my other room and when that game first came out i could only do that reliably if i bumped the resolution down to 720 right which is wild and then it took a couple of patches recently and now even at 720 it chugs it's
1: oh God, it's bizarre
0: okay. i don't know what's happening like looking at it on the normal on the actual screen while it's streaming it seems fine but there's something about what it's doing that just doesn't... I don't know. I don't know. That game's fine. I, I, I'm i not the type of person who's going to go crazy for that kind of thing, but, like, it seems fine. <laughs> it seems okay. Yeah. It seems like one of them. Yeah. Um, yep. So it was that. Um, I also, just because it was... I think it was on sale or it was on offer or something, I picked up a game called Synth Riders, which is, like, it's a... You'll remember Beat Saber. It's like that, but more specific um where it's spe- it's it's beat saber but it's specifically for dubstep edm and uh uh electro swing um oh sure right and it's kind it's of it's, it's
1: beat saber beat saber got really into like anime music really quickly yeah that's especially
0: where people it... their own songs into it totally it just got so i will say it's like i'm like ninety percent sure it's about early access. It's super polished. Like it comes with custom song support out the out the gate. Um, it's got a pretty decent library out the gate. It's got some DLC packs and all that kind of stuff. Um, mechanics are very similar, except that it has two extras. So you're just like, it's just um, kind of spheres coming at you that you have to punch out the air uh, with mm. one color per hand. There are also tracks that appear, so like you have to keep your hand in the track, which kind of wobbles around which works really well for like dubstep because you're just like you're you're literally like riding the drop sometimes it's it's pretty good oh okay right i get you yeah and then like there's another one where you have to put your hands together and it becomes a different color and then you use both hands to to do stuff it's super fun there's a couple of really dumb i i feel like we need to qualify this every three months when i say dumb i mean it in a good way like there's some super like bombastic like like um, kind of like emo rock dubstep in there that is hilarious and great. Yeah. And it's just, it's been very, very good for that. Um, And it actually works really well with Electro Swing, but I feel like inside the, outside of VR, I feel like I look like, um, you know that gif of all the cyber goths under the bridge that does yeah. the rounds? I feel like I look like that, considering how my arms are moving. Um, oh, sh- I'm Dude, sure it looks fucking, fucking ridiculous, it. but yeah, it's it's very you get good. Get yourself the the big boots and the yeah, the, the totally, and the the gas like, The gas
1: masks, yeah. yeah. Um, that's gas not like, what the fuck else the goths were, but yeah.
0: Uh, gas mask in VR could be interesting, um, but yeah, and, and also like it looks great. Like they're really doubling down on like the kind of uh, kind of like um, like there's a there's a map that's like map level scenery that's like cyber egypt and there's one that's just like you're there's like a head in the distance with vr goggles on that reacts to the way your head moves and it's all like right. neon light and it's super cool looking thing about i don't know it's been a really good like i'm gonna drop in and do three rounds of this and leave again it's been very cool um so one of the main things i want to talk about is yeah okay let's do so the solitaire conspiracy came out which mm-hmm is A game that got announced and then released within two weeks, I think. Um, yeah. This is the new game from Bethel. It's a Bethel Short, I think is the official term. But it's Meg Bethel's team, um, who originally was Thomas Was Alone, Volume, and what was the other thing? There was something else in that original batch that I can't remember. Uh, and then more recently, Subsurface Circular and John McHex. John McHex, yeah. Yes, uh, all that kind of stuff. So this John is the only thing I can think yeah, so this is a very different game even from between John McHex and... It's, is that this, because it's a solitaire game? It's a solitaire game. I, and let's be clear, it is a solitaire game. It's a twisted solitaire game, but it's still a solitaire game. Um, there's zero point in me describing mechanics, but basically, like, it observes normal solitaire rules, except that there's faction powers. <laughs> so, like, each of, the, each of the quote-unquote suits has a specific power that the face cards can use um so once the power has been activated if you put a face card on top of a stack it will do something to that stack um is it like is it competitive are you playing solitaire against some no it's yourself it's solo only okay um and some of those effects are negative and some of them are positive so like some of them some of the some of the one of the, like one of the powers is like it will reshuffle a stack to be like lowest card on top highest card on bottom which is obviously very handy but there's another power that is like whatever suit you put it down on all the completed cards of that suit will come back off and you can re put them in again so some of them are negative so it it kind of becomes a game of like you want to activate the powers that are good but keep the ones back that are bad until you absolutely need you need them and all this stuff so it's it's actually super engaging and there's a story it's Am I really thinking that Greg Miller... Greg Miller game? is... Yes, Greg Miller. And I recognize the other actor as well in it. And I cannot remember what he's been in. But he is a voice actor. And I think he's been in a couple of things as well. But... Um, yeah, so there's a, there's a story to this solitaire game. Um, it's like a future spy story. Um, it's... I'm not... I obviously can't talk... There's The fact that there's a spoiler in the solitaire game that I'm not going to talk about... It's it's yeah. pretty good for what it is, to be honest. Like I'm not expect, I wasn't, I wouldn't expect huge things from it, but it's pretty decent at what it does. B- both um, both performances in it are really good. They're both taking it with the right level of seriousness that you'd expect from a story in a solitaire game. It's very good. Right, yeah. So there's a single player game, and also there's once you complete the campaign or the single player, it doesn't take too long. It's maybe like a couple hours at most. Um, it unlocks. Uh, two modes, which I actually think are the heart of this thing. So one of the modes is just called Skirmish, where you basically pick four factions, and it's just basically it's just like hey, it's solitaire. You pick four factions and try and complete a game, and that's it. Like that's sure it is. But then there's another mode called Countdown, which is actually I think the most engaging part of this this thing. Where so you start with 90 seconds in the clock, and it starts with like a single suit um, table. And you get three seconds for every card you put in and three seconds for it, you complete and three seconds for every power you activate. And then once you complete one, it makes it more complicated, more complicated. And you basically have to keep running out until the clock runs out. And I spent like two hours just <laughs> playing that mode. And it was very much, a, okay, that one didn't count. I'm going to do one more game and then I'm going to leave it. And then ah, okay. six hours later, or six games later, I was like, "Okay, I actually need to stop doing this." Um, it's super compelling. It's I had never thought about doing speed solitaire, and you actually do end up going like, "Ah, fuck it," and just blowing yourself away, just because you have to do something. And um, yeah, it's very good. It's also I think it's still seven ninety nine. I think it's a really good. If that game was on mobile, like I probably wouldn't play anything else. Um, oh sure yeah yeah it um, so seems like
1: that game would be good on mobile the way it's the way it's,
0: the way it's displayed suggests to me that i imagine a mobile version would be yeah. viable the way the screen's laid out let's say um but yeah a game's super cool um i think it's on is it on switch i think it's also on switch let me check i it
1: is Say again? That's one, way of around, that's one way of getting around that problem of like just put it on your Switch.
0: Yeah, I, I think but, that's... Get, but then I guess like, like a lot
1: of people just have
0: regular ass Solitaire loaded on their phones so having that thing might be more interesting, I guess. Totally. Um, no, it's currently only on Steam and uh, Epic Game Store. So not yet. Not yet. But I, I, like I say, I imagine okay. it would come. It, it feels like it should do that. It's very, very good. Um, so I've got one more thing, but what have you been, what have you been playing? Um, right. Hades is still
1: really good. Yep. Like Hades continues to be good. I, I, people need to play Hades cause it's insanely good. Like even way later into the game, that game still keeps layering stuff on top of it. That all just seems to work and it's, it's brilliant. It's so good. Um, I'll talk know- briefly about, oh sorry yeah i don't
0: think it's a spoiler to say i unlocked the gun and the gun is something else um that oh, i was not yeah, expecting in that game yeah the
1: game gives you a gun it's the really game gives you a
0: gun <laughs> yeah yeah
1: um i will talk briefly about fall guy season two. Oh
0: um, yeah that did happen
1: yes if that happened fairly recently like last week or something like that it'll be brief because there's not a lot to say um so the, i said so i can talk about two things actually we didn't talk about this on the show either um they updated it before season two to include um procedural changes to the maps. Right. Uh, which which means that the maps that already existed then had an element of randomness about them. It's usually like placements of obstacles and orientation of obstacles and like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um just to kind of keep it more fresh, like cause it's you get sick of seeing the same games in the same way over and over oh, yeah. again. Um and it worked like it is it's legitimately more interesting though when you see the different things that can happen. Um, they also added Big Yeetis, which everybody's a fan of. Um, Such a
0: good name. I'm glad they kept big that Ye- name.
1: Big Yeetis is a big, really fast hammer that appears on maps that if you jump into it and let it hit you, it fucking flies you across the map. Um, it's really fun. It's caused a lot of people to die because they keep trying to go for it and then fucking up and like falling off the edge of the cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really funny. Um, but well, it was cool. It kept it really fresh. Uh, got people back into it excited for season two.
0: What's the um, hacker status of that thing? Are there still people? So they,
1: they, they've actually put in like actual anti-cheat now. So, I've oh really? Wow. Yeah, like the same anti-cheat that's on like Apex and stuff like that. Jesus, like,
0: you can tell that that game's like, got pro- big. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, season two happened. Season two has the theming of um, fantasy, medieval so medieval esque. So the theming the battle pass has like all your outfits are like orcs and wizards and knights and that sort of thing um the soundtrack has been remixed to include like lutes and trumpets and like your sort of very stereotypical fantasy soundtrack um which is weird but it really works the soundtrack is still awesome uh the remix of the main theme that includes like uh piccolos and stuff like that in it is brilliant um i like the idea and they added a few more games. Uh, they are really weird. Uh, the, the thing that this season introduces is that a lot of the games have movable obstacles. Right. Um So the one, the one that I think of um, is Hoopsie Legends. And Hoopsie Legends can fucking bite my ass because it is so fucking difficult because everybody's a wanker. Um So like Hoopsie Legends, the whole point is that you're in a big arena and there are hoops everywhere and you have to jump through six to qualify.
0: Oh, I've and, seen people play this. Yes, okay.
1: Yeah, and there are, there are elements on the map like ramps and boxes that you can like push and pull and move them around and stuff like that to get you to the rings. What ends up happening, which is what you see a lot in games like Seesaw as well, where there's a bunch of people all trying to do stuff all at once, is that more people try to get the end result, which is if you're trying to move a box close to a ring, more people will jump on your head onto the box to try and get to the ring, of course, than help you move the box. So people then jump on the box to try and go for the ring. Realize it's not moving because there are four people on the fucking box and one person pushing it. So then nobody gets anything, and everybody just fucks off and goes somewhere else. It's <laughs> okay. nobody. Nobody understands like temporary teamwork for an end goal. Everybody's just like, "No, fuck you! I need the ring." And it's it's so that it's then so difficult because there are just rings you can't get. So. Everybody then just fights over the rings that you can get without other people, and it makes it so difficult. And there are like six of these fucking six foot bean men all trying to jump at one ring, and yeah. everybody bounces off each other or hits the ring, or it makes me so angry that nobody can just think like one more step ahead oh, and be great. like, "Oh man, if we just move the box, this would be way easier." It's it's that's so great. crazy, and there are, there are other maps that do it as well, but there's like progressive ones where it's like. You have to jump over higher and higher walls that also have movable stuff in it. Oh, okay. People just end up fucking you with it, where they like push stuff out the way and like, and there's no reason for it because there's like a bunch of people that are going to qualify, but everybody just seems to care more about fucking with each other. It's it's infuriating, but at that point, that means that that game is then doing something more interesting, like it's trying to do different stuff, which is sure. good for what that game is because it does get kind of stale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um all the old games are still there, all the procedural stuff is still there. So how does it work? Um, are the new
0: levels mixed in with the old ones as you're
1: Yeah. Okay, it's just it's just they're all just part of the rotation now. Right. There's a really long obstacle course one that I swear to God I think is broken. Cause it's there's a bit in it where it's like a long half pipe and there's a swinging like spiky log thing. Mm-hmm. And every time I try and time it to run forward. I get like clipped by the edge of the log. Like the log's on like a little roller thing. Yeah, yeah. And I get clipped by the edge of like, even though it doesn't look like I'm anywhere near it, my guy just falls over constantly. So I now just have to be miles away from the log at any moment and run at it at a different way. It seems weird. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of season two. Like the game at its core is still really fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's still a stupid, dumb, dumb twist on. What a battle royale is, which is kind of interesting. Like it's still really interesting and it's still fun.
0: It seems like so it, it seems like it's still as popular as it was. Like it still seems like, yeah,
1: like it's still like really easy to get into games and like people. Yeah, are still, like my
0: my Twitch front page is still like like a sixth just Fall Guys at the minute. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah,
1: it's it's Twitch right now is all just like Fall Guys among us. And then, like, the usual contenders of, like, yeah. Warzone and League of Legends and stuff like that.
0: Um, I, have a, a, I, I have a work social on Friday where we're all going to play Among Us with people who don't play video games. Oh, that would, um, That'll be interesting.
1: Is that is that you're going to get your max 10 stack? Like, your 10
0: people? Yes, we're going we're gonna to max out that lobby and see what that's like. Oh, that's good. That's Cause, good. Because nothing, um, nothing engages with your colleagues, like, lying to each other, you know.
1: It's all in good jet. It's all in good fun, though. Like, <laughs> yes, no. for sure. Like, as long as nobody takes it to heart. Too seriously, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'll quickly say about the, the Destiny 2 Halloween event, um, Festival of the Lost. Oh, yeah, that's um, back. I saw the update. It's, it's exactly the same as it was last year, so there's not a lot to say about it, but the one thing I will say is that there is a... there is, And they've done the Destiny thing of... So you, you do a run of the forest, and at the end you open up chests, Um The chests get opened with uh, ciphers that drop in the world. Like, it's just if you do strikes, you get two ciphers, like that sort of thing.
0: I thought we'd done away with keys as a society.
1: Well, this is like, but you're not buying the keys. It's just like random drop keys, and it only works in this event. And well, this is the thing. Initially, the drop rate was so minimal that there was no way you were ever going to get any of it. So they added up the drop rate and they fixed that. Can you Um, buy keys? No. Okay. Uh, It's not an option, it's just you play the game and you get them. But, they did the Destiny thing, and if you open up 45 chests, so, you need like 45 of the cypher things, and it's like you get two, every two raid, uh, two strikes. Um, so, do the math on that, about how many strikes you need to do. Um, if you open up 45 of them, you get a call from Spider on Tangled Shore, Mm -hmm. and you go talk to him for a bit, and he gives you a thing called an ascendant lens. This is an item that does nothing, <laughs> and nobody knows what it's for yet. Cool. So you need to go get it uh, because
0: it might do something at some point. Maybe it's purple. it <laughs> to so do something. Um, so where does it? Where does it go? In your? Inv- is it like? Is it a usable it's, item?
1: It's, it's in the yeah. It's in the bit where like your um, you're like your finest matter weaves and your gl- glimmer makers and all that oh, stuff. Oh um you can't it, it's not a use item, like you can't hold F on it to use it. it nobody knows what the fuck it does, but I, I need to have it in my inventory just in case it's useful for something. Like there's a fucking last year where one of the quest steps was uh a toothbrush, somebody gave you a toothbrush, and you use it just because it was like part of a quest step or something. It's like, oh, you need to brush your teeth because you've been eating all this candy. Yeah. And you brush your teeth, and then you've got a use toothbrush. And the last the last text on the used toothbrush item is this might be useful for something later. So I've held on to that fucking toothbrush for a year. I it it says it might be useful. So me and all my friends have this fucking toothbrush sitting in our inventory. We've got no idea what it's for. And we're pretty sure we're convinced that Bungee are just fucking with everybody being like, Oh, you people that have got this toothbrush in your well, inventory, what the fuck are you doing?
0: I still I still have a ramen voucher. I'm pretty sure that I don't know what like, to do with. Yeah, it might be useful.
1: But this item is like <laughs> It's not. It's not Halloween themed. Like an ascendant lens is a thing in yeah. the world. Like it, it's part of the Dreaming City. Like it's a way you can see into ascendant realms, and it's purple. Like it's it's a thing that has importance, and it doesn't fucking do anything yet. And nobody knows what it does. So I hope it does I do nothing. Be, I
0: hope they're just. I, hope it, does,
1: I hope it. does nothing as well. If it does nothing, that means the bungie are purely just fucking with their player base at this point, and who the fuck knows what that means. But sure. like. What if it does do something? Like what what if eventually it does something and then I need to have it so that it does the thing when the thing happens? Um like imagine like what happened like people have done people have done crazy shit with this lines. Like people have been all over the dreaming city being like, This is a dreaming city thing, it has to be related to something here, nothing. People have done Shattered yeah. Throne, people have done all the Ascendant challenges, people have been everywhere, nothing. They cannot get like if, anything to happen.
0: If that game did if that did anything in the game right now, it would be on Reddit already, right? Like, that mm. would be a thing that happens. Yeah. You'd be able to determine it out or something.
1: The articles being written about it wouldn't all be like, there's this new item in Destiny and it doesn't fucking do anything because that's what they're all written that's as right now. Yep. Yeah. They're all just yep. like, oh, it's a mystery item. Oh, nobody knows. Um, so, that's yeah, I need to do fun. that. So that's fun. I just have to sit and do strikes over and over again. Sure. So that's. That's what Destiny is, right? Ah, uh, it's great. I love it so much. <laughs> uh, I wish the fucking expansion hadn't been delayed because that's. Yeah. Anyway, that, that 120 um, gig
0: on my hard drive that's now free is much nicer.
1: I mean, I don't care. I've got a one terabyte SSD now. It can sit there for as long as it wants. I ran a Destiny
0: drive. Apologise.
1: It, it wasn't specifically for Destiny. I was running out of space anyway, and I was looking, and I was like, I mean, it's one terabyte SSD is like only ninety quid. That's not that much money. So I just bought it. Like it's not that yeah. bad. And installing installing a hard drive is, like painless. So yeah, exactly. it, was not, it wasn't. Yeah, I think the only other thing that I've played is a thing that we've both played. So Yeah, let's I think... go let's
0: go to break and then we'll um we'll talk about that in one other thing after the break. So I think okay. you have music for us. Yes. So one of the many, many,
1: many, many things that Hades does well is the soundtrack. It's uh so once again. It's so good. Darren Corr once again has fucking killed it and done an amazing soundtrack that works as just a good listening album, but also works so well in the game because a lot of the songs are, like, progressive and, like, change as you get further down the maze or change when you go into a boss fight or whatever, and it's brilliant. Um So I'm going to do a song from that. I don't want to spoil a lot of it because there are there is some cool stuff that happens with the music in this game. Okay. So I'm going to pick the... um It's called Out of Tartarus. It's the music that plays on level one. So kind of that's everybody true. that's played the game will have heard it. but the further in you listen to it you see where the change starts to happen between like this is what a boss fight sounds like like when the guitars kick in and stuff like that Um, so yeah, it's called Out of Tartarus it's amazing that's gonna
0: be it Uh, check the post for links so you can pick that up and we'll be back with some more after this
1: Of Tartarus from the Hades soundtrack. Um I can't say it enough. Go play that game. Um it's really fantastic. Uh yeah, that's that's Hades.
0: Yep. Um yes, so I'll very quickly talk about the other thing which I ventured into yesterday for the first time, where I briefly mentioned to a friend of mine, yo, have you heard of this Phasmophobia game that's doing the rounds? Because he, oh, has, yeah. he has That's another big
1: twitch game right yeah because it's because he the, has he, all the rage
0: because he has a self-confessed wuss and yes. i said um but he started playing oh god what was the name of that really janky horror game um old half-life one it's not cry, cry of fear is that right it was like layer a of fear no layers of fear is the good game that's more recent
1: cry, cry-, cry of fear is also a game so yes
0: cry of fear called, i think yeah. it was which is like janky as hell, like an old Half-Life 1 game, a mod um, that he was playing and having a great time. I was like, well there's this Phasmophobia game that is like a co-op thing that seems kind of like that and seems kind of janky um, if you're up for it. And then he said, no that seems too scary. And then 12 hours later I was like, okay I've downloaded it, when are we playing? Um, Okay. So I got a team of four together to go into that. So that is, Phasmophobia it's all over Twitch right now so people probably know what it is, but it's essentially a four player co-op ghost hunting game where you play ghost hunters and you basically have you're the but you're not the main ghost hunter team which i think is very funny you're like the pre-ghost hunter team where you have to go and figure out what the ghost is so that you could
1: yeah you you
0: do the research for the actual ghost hunting team you're going to come and deal with the ghost later Exactly. so like it seems like a dime a dozen like there's hundreds of games like this on steam of like kind of janky looking horror games um but this one's got a couple of things that make it kind of special. One being the four player co op, um, which is interesting. And um, they really commit to the yo, this place is dark unless you have a flashlight. Like they really, they really double down on that it, to, to a degree. Um, but it's also the tool set is another one. So you have specific so you've got a bunch of tools that you start with like the very basics and then the money you get from jobs you buy more tools and if you die you lose all your tools that you're holding at that point and you need to buy them back so you can really fuck yourself um but so there's tools like um you've obviously got a normal flashlight you've got like a spirit book which is like a basically a notebook and a pencil that you can drop in rooms you think are haunted and see if the spirit will write to you um you've got and yeah by
1: the way way, as as the uh as the partner of someone who like watches ghost hunting shows and stuff oh, like yeah. that, the things that are in that game are all real, and people think totally, they can yes. use them to talk to ghosts. That <laughs> that fucking spirit, that fucking spirit box thing, yep. is literally the most infuriating thing I've seen on the planet because it is is all it's a radio scanner. That's yep. all it is. Like uh-huh. it scans FM signals. So people go into haunted places, scam F- scan FM signals, and then when they hear noises, they think it's a ghost talking. And it uh-huh. it makes yep. me it, it, so angry because it's like, it's clearly not. It's a fucking radio signal. Like you're picking up some fucking
0: boondog radio so the, station. There's also, where, like, there's also an EM detector, which is like electromagnetic detector, which yeah. is literally like a box that beeps that goes from zero to five. The yeah. mo- the thing in that game you can buy on Amazon. It's like 20 yeah. quid and it's like a beeper also- in a
1: box. Like, nearly, Literally, literally everything, nearly everything on the planet emits some sort of electromagnetic radiation. Like, totally, yep. Like, it's you can... just going to start beeping at anything.
0: Yes, exactly. It's wild. So you've got all these tools um, which do kind of interesting things. Um, and then you basically go in, like the, the game mechanic basically is that you go in with as many of the tools that you have. And as you find something, so like you've got a UV torch, if you find um, like fingerprints that you can only see via the uv torch that's a sign yeah so you write that in your journal and say hey found fingerprints if you um the em detector spikes to five or whatever it is you write that and say em level five if there's freezing temperatures like you can see your breath that's a thing right in the journal and once you've got three bits of evidence those three bits of evidence will point to a particular type of ghost you say right we think we've got it you leave and it tells you if you were right or not that's how you get the most money um it's also like sub objectives of like take a picture of the ghost or find a room that less than 10 degrees or something like that there's all that kind of stuff um so then the other part of it that makes it interesting is it has the voice communication stuff is yeah really cool and it shouldn't be as cool as it is so if, yeah say- the, the,
1: fact, the fact that the, the, the that thing is just all, all
0: it is is like distance based and directional voicing so, well that's half of it right so so there's so it gives you you map two different push to talk buttons. You have local and global. Yeah. So you can, yeah. you can also have local on always, which is how we've been playing, and it's much more effective. So local is entirely spatial based. So if you're too far away, you don't hear people. If somebody is to your right, you hear it in the right. So we can't use Discord. So you don't use Discord while you're playing this. You do it all through the game. Um, if somebody's in the distance, you can hear them kind of quietly. So. From experience. If somebody screams at the distance, it sounds real funny. Um so there's the local one and there's a global one where everyone's a radio. That the global one will go to everyone on the radio. Um and it like it's been voice processed to sound like a radio. It's really well done. I've got like full credits to that, like it's very, very effective. But because it's also with the radio, the ghost will fuck with the radio, so it will cut people off, it will um stop people from communicating, all that kind of stuff. And also, if you die, you lose all voice communication immediately. So, again, from experience, when somebody is speaking to you on the radio and you hear, oh shit! And then it dies, and you go, "yeah, Dave, Dave, and there's no response, it's very effective. <laughs> it's very good. Um, it's the,
1: the ones that I've seen is when that's combined with, um... So that there's, like, a camera that you can get in the game where it's, like, a... Uh, like, a police cam where it's, like, tracking the person, like, they're holding the camera. Yes. And the one that I've seen is, like, they're doing stuff, and then they're like, oh, shit, I think the ghost here. So they turn around to run away, Mm -hmm. and they're, like, they're shouting, and then the shouting cuts off, and the camera also drops to the ground. Uh So it's just this very sudden, like, oh, Christ, they're very dead.
0: Like, Mm -hmm. it is, they are not moving anymore. (laughs) It's very good. Um So, the experience we had with it the first time we all went in, the four of us went in, and we lost somebody as we were running out of the house. We Mm. So, obviously, they couldn't talk to us anymore. And we were like, shit, he's dead, but he's got all the good equipment on him. We need to go back for the equipment. And apparently, because when you die, you stay as a ghost and you can still walk around. You can't interact. You can't talk to anyone, but you can still see what's happening. Um, Yeah and apparently he was just watching us like crawl into the front door of the house grab a thing leave the house <laughs> go again grab a thing leave the house and as soon as we got back to the as soon as we finished level and go back to the lobby just the first thing over the radio was like you fuckers left me behind and i'm like look there's nothing i can do it was yeah it was funny um so then the other layer on top of that is this game has voice recognition so yes. It, and you can talk to the ghosts. And it talks back to you. It's so crazy. You want to talk about janky stuff like getting this to work is anyone who's done any voice recognition stuff on Windows knows what a nightmare it is to set up. Like you need like Windows yeah. voice packs and you need to give and then Windows 10 has had this extra layer of like you need to give the right apps permission to your microphone to be able to use it. So we spent like half an hour trying to get all this working. Um, if you're using this, my only tip I can recommend on top of the stuff that's already there we were all in a Discord group, a uh, Discord channel, at the same time as we were setting this up. The only way we could get it to work was to disconnect from the Discord channel, connect to the game, get into the lobby, hear each other talking, and then reconnect to the Discord library, the uh, Discord channel, and then that worked. Um, it was bizarre. But anyway, um, once you get into that, once you have the voice recognition working, there's a test in the game to make sure it's working. You basically talk to the ghost, right? And mm-hmm. the ghost will react to you on local chat, which is another great reason to why you should have local chat on all the time. Because if yes. you say stuff like, Oh shit, what was that? The ghost has a habit of flinging shit off the shelves. <laughs> yeah. um, it will react to you going, I'm scared. It will react to God, it's dark in here. It will react to a bunch so the, of specific phrases. The co-
1: the, yeah, so The cool stuff that I've seen are people the, the, you you do that you do the thing that ghost hunters do right, which is they like if you know the name of the ghost, you go into the place and say yeah. X, are you here? Yep, yeah. and they'll they'll do something to react to you. But the best ones that I've seen that are like people doing it while the spirit box is on, and they're like X, what are you doing here? Like the one I saw was like they were doing it. And they said, what are you doing here? And the spirit box went off and said the word attack. Yep, yeah. and they went oh shit, we need to go. I ran out
0: of that. So can I explain to you the fucking horror movie thing that happened to us? So the game we were playing, we had one guy back in the van. So you start in like a van where all your tools are. And the, to- the van also has a, a monitor to watch uh, both the security cameras on whatever property you're on. And also you can take a video camera with you, you can plant in the world and they can watch through the video camera and you can yeah. see some spectral stuff there. And that's part of the evidence and all that kind of stuff. But they also have um the sanity levels of everyone in the house which goes from 100 to zero and if you hit zero you start to see shit and i think you might actually just straight up die i'm not sure we never got that far i
1: think that's basically your health yeah yeah
0: um so they can monitor everyone's sanity levels um and also they have a general spectral activity chart which goes from zero to ten it's like a line graph so yeah. we had somebody in the van and we knew already because we had the thermometer that the ghost was in the basement of this house because as soon as we got downstairs, it dropped from like 16 degrees to four. So we're like, okay, it's in this basement somewhere. But you don't... And every ghost type reacts slightly differently. So some of them like light, some of them don't like light, some don't like... um, Some of them like you all as a team, some of them like you only as solo, all that kind of stuff. So you don't quite know what to do when you get there. But we knew it was in this room and I fucking got the short straw and got the spirit box, right? And... So it's like this kind of... The, the basement of this house is like... There's like a basement with like a fridge and a chair at one end. And then there's like metal shelving on either side. It's a kind of longer room. Yeah. Like metal shelving on either side. And like a bit up the middle. And we got down to the basement. And it was like, okay, the last thing we need to check is the spirit box. So you switch on the spirit box. And in local chat, you say something. And we knew the name of the ghost. So I said, I can't Mandy something, I think was the name of the ghost. And it was like... Mandy, uh, Mandy, are you here? i got nothing. The box came up, said no response. It's like, okay, cool. So it's recognised me. It didn't respond. It's fine. Can we get out of here now? I said, no, we need to do it with the lights off in case it doesn't like lights. It's like, fine, okay. Switched the lights off, did it again. No response. All right, okay. Last thing I'm going to try, I'm going to separate myself from you guys. So I'm going to go to the other end of the basement.
1: Oh, yeah, it doesn't like people, like, grouped up. Yeah, so like, some of them are some like, don't oh, like yeah. yeah, some
0: of them don't, like, groups. some of them only react to people solo. So I walked in the dark to the other end of the basement, turned to face the team, and said, "Whatever it was, Mandy, are you here? And did, nothing happened. I was like, guys, I can't see anything happening. They both screamed, and I didn't see jack shit. And I was like, what the fuck happened? And I turned around and it was just fucking there. <laughs> it was yes. the most horror movie shit ever. And we just legged it. And we got out. And we still got the ghost wrong. But it was the funniest fucking thing. Like, yeah, I think the thing to emphasize here is like, obviously, if you don't like any of this type of stuff, like this game ain't for you. But like, I don't like jump scares. But I really like, like, Silent Hill, like, psychological stuff. This is more, like haunted house rather than like like an amnesia or like a um like layers of fear like it's not that yeah, level it's, of not terrifying. Theory, no, it's it's, it's kind deep. of it, it's super campy and just kind of freaky and like the interactions are all very funny and you end up it does the thing that's really good about co-op games is you start making your own stories where you're just like, like so like and you end up with just like complete like horror movie farce so one of the Excuse me. One of the things the ghost can do is if it if it decides it wants to attack or haunt or uh, hunt. I think is the technical term it uses. Uh, the game uses. It can do things like lock the doors. So if you don't stick together and it's a ghost that likes that will hunt solo players, yeah, it's entirely possible that you will go in a room and the door will shut and lock behind you. So the the ghost can lock doors. So mm-hmm. the first time we went in, we were all in the main foyer of this cabin. And we're like, okay, I think we've got everything. Nothing's really happening unless we go back to the van. Lights all go, front door clicks shut and locks. Or like, the fuck is that? And our flashlights are like flashing, like there's interference there. Yeah. And <laughs> we see it in the distance. Like it's not moving, but we see it in the distance. are like, oh fuck, we need to get out of here now. Turn around. And I'm like slamming the door, trying to get it open, like using the door constantly. And this is like jiggling in the thing. I'm like, the door won't open, the door won't open. <laughs> And then the lock icon that's on it disappears. I'm like fuck, the door door's open. Great. I'm still janging the door, and it's not going anywhere. I'm like, God, the door's fucking bugged. This is terrible. We need to get the fuck out of here. The door was a pull rather than a push, and it uses like <laughs> physics. So like, it, you know, like some games, you'll like click to dra- and then you drag to put, like open drawers and stuff like that that's how all the doors work in this game. So I was like pushing right, this yeah. door trying to get it open and it wasn't a push, it was a pull. So I just immediately pulled the door and was like, yeah, guys, my bad. <laughs> we all just ran out of the house. Um, it's very good. It's super campy. It's really funny as a group. It's super janky. It, like I said, it took a long time to get it set up. We had a couple of matches where like one player wouldn't connect sometimes. It was weird, but it looks like, like they've had two updates so far um, as it's got more popular and it seems like they've ironed out a chunk of the issues. Um, so I think I'm going to go back into that tomorrow and try and and try and see what it is. If just to watch my friend shit himself for the fourth time, it was so funny. It was just the best. Um, yeah, so that's Um I know you briefly played Genshin Impact. I know you can't really talk about it right yeah. now, but you should know that we're playing it and we're we're looking yeah, at it. Yeah, that
1: game is so bizarre because it's. <laughs> if you've not seen this, which is weird because it's like blown up in a strangely big way and I don't quite understand why So, for, con- for
0: context, we did talk about this game a while yes. ago originally because this game first appeared at a I can't remember which one, it was a Japanese, I can't remember which, I think it was a Chinese games convention It's Something a Chinese, it's a Chinese about, yeah. company that make it, right? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. um, So or whatever it is So it's a Chinese company that made it and they showed it off at uh a Chinese game convention, and the initial trailers for that game looked a lot like Breath of the Wild to the point where, yeah. and obviously like the connotations with it being a Chinese company and all that kind of stuff, like there was all there was a great deal of like China has just cloned Breath of the Wild and are trying to sell it again. Um yeah. So that was the original, but we d- we hadn't seen the game; it wasn't playable. We didn't really know what it was. It was in Chinese. We didn't really know. That was our entire context for this game. And then like a couple of months ago, they were like, "By the way, Genshin Impact's coming out." on like everything and also it's free to play and also it's good gacha mechanics and it was just this strange thing so what is that game so that game is what
1: what would happen if you took breath of the wild put gacha mechanics in it like we said Mm -hmm. and also at the same time kind of make it way more focused and actually like quest based and story based oh interesting Um, but you can totally run around and find stuff in the world as well if you want um it's really fucking like Asian. Like it is proper like B is confirm on the controllers. Like Oh, you mean in level. style? Right, okay, got you. Yeah, like okay. in style, not in any other way. Yeah, okay, like yeah. B is confirm. The characters are super anime. Right. Like it's the vo- the voice acting is super anime. It's a very stereotypical story of like man who shouldn't be there finds himself in world world has several gods and right, okay, you are you. super special and aren't you the best um yeah that sort of thing okay the Gacha mechanics are all about characters so you're you have a party of four that you can swap between mm-hmm. um that are like and it's literally just it changes the active player they're not like around you at all moments it's literally just you teleport in and out with that right. one character okay um And yeah, that's the gacha mechanics. It's really, and obviously it's like the other gacha stuff of like, there's like 20 different currencies that are for upgrading different things like weapons and items and all that stuff that are all in the boxes that are supposed to drive you into that sort of loop.
0: And it has Um, the like guaranteed, like if you do 10 rolls, you're guaranteed to get X, that kind of thing. It has has all your regular gacha stuff of like three different... Box types going at any
1: one going, or like if you buy 10 of this, you're guaranteed to get this, but if you buy 20 of this, you're guaranteed to get this other thing, or like usual stuff. Yeah. Um the point where it's interesting is like if you ignore the characters, because the characters are really stereotypically anime and waifu bait, like really sure. obviously. Yep. Um the game's really pretty, like okay. really pretty. It's got like a a weird sort of like cell shading. If you took away all the black
0: lines, sort of look. Oh, okay. Um, like, like um, what the fuck is that game? Um, I've heard people describe it as Valkyria Chronicles esque. Like kind yeah, of watercolory. Even, even, yeah, it's very painterly.
1: Would be the right. word I would use to describe sure. it. Um, even Valkyria Chronicles had some harsh lines and stuff in it. This is very, That's very. Um, open and, like, the colors all blend and stuff like that. It's a really nice-looking game. Okay. Uh, the combat mechanics are semi-interesting because it's not just, like, hit with sword or hit with bow or whatever weapon it is you're using. There's, like, each character has an element that means that they can do... that That their, one of their moves will impact that element on the enemy, and you can, like, combine elements to do different things, and if you combine them in certain ways, then it gives special properties to some of the moves. Mm-hmm. so there's like tactical considerations in combat besides what weapon am i using like it is there mm. are other things to do um that's kind of as far as i've taken it like it's starting to show what the actual story is and it seems very stereotypical there's a big dragon and magically somehow the main character was able to deal damage to the dragon and everybody was like whoa how did you deal damage to the dragon and i was sure. like yeah it's that yep. thing. okay um but yeah, it's 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 weird. It's really strange. It it has blown up in a big way, yeah. and I kind of understand why because like like weebs are everywhere and people like that sort of thing. But <laughs> okay, yep. the but I, but I can like if I look a couple of like shades beyond that of just going like oh fuck it's a game for weebs. Like if you look beyond that i st- there's something there that right. is like there's something about it that is like the combination of it being a good looking thing and also having these kind of unique mechanics but then it also just being like like i did i did a thing in it where the the main story was like driving me towards doing these temples but i went off a beaten path and like found a dynamic puzzle like in the world of like oh cool. There was a chest that was hidden that I had to like do specific things to get the chest unlocked. And I was like, Oh, that's a thing I just found. Like it wasn't it didn't tell me to go here, I just found it. So it was there is stuff like that in the world. So if you just want to go explore, you can totally just go do that and I'm sure you could find a bunch of stuff. That's um, cool. Okay. So yeah, it's weird. Uh I'm gonna keep taking a look at it hesitantly and being like like prodding at it every so often and going,
0: like, are you gonna show me what the thing is yet? It's yeah. Like, I feel we okay. should understand what this thing is, and also like I yeah, think the absolutely. other thing that I think is making it um, a slightly bigger deal is it has is it on like everything, including mobile, right?
1: Yes, I think
0: so. And the what mobile version about. has crossplay, not crossplay, cross, play, cross yes. progression. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can basically like play it on your PC and then take it with you and do some stuff on your phone yeah which is cool like that's it's yeah, that's a great idea and it apparently runs remarkably well for a game that looks that like good and all this kind of stuff yeah i'm super interested to see what it is like it's not my kind of game anyway but i'd probably download it just to poke at it a bit myself and see yeah, like see that, what that, is this that's thing. what i'm doing is just being like what the fuck are you doing like yeah. why are people why do like you i don't understand yeah um
1: sure that's yeah that's kind of what i've been doing with it
0: okay cool um yeah and then the last thing we should probably talk about then is squadrons right
1: yeah, Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah, um, but it's been it's been a long time for us Star Wars fans to get a good Star Wars game. Uh, <laughs> the 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 Battlefront twos of the world kind of ruined it for us for yeah, a, bit. Uh, a little bit. But I, I'm I'm happy to say that this is this is some good Star Wars. This is and it's not it's not fancy Star Wars. It's not let's make you think about your own morality level Star Wars. It's not like kotar or like clone wars or rebels or any of that stuff it is just good cheesy stars wars. Wars. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: is it is the story of two groups of ace pilot squadrons um was it's titan squadron for the empire and huh. renegade not renegade squadron what is it ah
0: uh, god I finish this no game way. in a,
1: I haven't yeah. thought about it. Um, okay. And whatever the one is, or the, sorry, the Republic one is, because they're not rebels anymore. It's the Republic. Um, it's set in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Um, and it is, it is literally just the story of these two like elite fighter squadrons doing things for the Empire and the Republic mm-hmm. um, that then have interactions with each other. Yes. So. And it is... And it is it is a space combat game, which is not a sort of game that you see a lot of these days, yep. and it is even rarer to see a good one, which this one is as well because yeah. it is
0: it's kind of it, wild to watch like e a put a lot of money behind a genre that like has basically died out it's yeah. kind of it's kind of impressive actually that they were like yes, you should do this
1: yeah and it's and it's super cool to see because it is it has come out with a game that is very it's arcade and it's like flight mechanics like it's not taking itself super seriously yep like it is
0: i'm playing that way have, controller and it's fine
1: yeah so i, I played the whole thing with a controller and it totally works um it's literally just you have power management between like engine and shields and weapons you have speed and turning obviously turning goes better if you slow down and you have weapons and you have missiles and that's kind of it yep um and you everything at that and point and that's kind of it <laughs> yeah space drifting is crazy but yeah yeah <laughs> um like when you think about what the fuck does that mean, like yeah. it, it makes no sense when you think about it. But it's well, cool that it's there.
0: Weirdly enough, it's the thing that I do in those games anyway. They've just mechanized it or turned it into a yeah, mechanic, totally. kind of yeah, where you're yeah. like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna charge out and then I'm gonna cut my power in 180 so I can turn around and shoot yeah. people. Like it's that basically. Um, and yeah, it's it's it is at, at its base
1: level. It's just a good one of those, and it's really fun for being a good one of those. Totally. Like good fun space combat games you don't get a lot of them and they're they're fun it's a dog fighting game there are the missions have like multiple different objectives where it's like defend a th- it, go, it, it obviously progresses from like hey go, he- go here and kill these tie fighters to like setting up traps for people defending certain areas doing scans of stuff
0: like it, there are progressive objectives that will go further and further into the story I really appreciated that the first mission in that game is you'll scan this cargo. And I was like, I see you. Yeah. I see what you're doing. I remember TIE Fighter. It's,
1: yep. It is, yeah, it's a nod, nod back to TIE Fighter. And it is like, hey, you're the Empire. And there are people trying to smuggle stuff. So of course, you're just going to go scan a bunch of random ships. <laughs> yeah. Um, And yeah, like that's, that's kind of, I, I unfortunately can't talk about the multiplayer because I've not actually gotten around to playing it. The yeah, I have I've heard from it. I haven't either. The only, the only thing that I've heard from it is that that the one mode, the progressive mode that I can't remember the name of, is really Blade good. Battles and something oh, like that, yeah. and people need to stop running into each other. That's kind of all I've heard. Oh, is really? Because yeah, because part of it is like take down the star destroyer. So what people are doing are like targeting the shield generator, and they're just suiciding into the shield generator over and over again. Wow. Um, okay. Which is guess, it works, I guess. But yeah, totally.
0: kind of Um, but the. Ex- the, the yeah, sorry, to go the, the the extra layer I can add on top of this is that it has full VR support on yes everything that has VR. I think it's PSVR as well. I want to guess. Um, so I've been playing that game VR, which is v- pretty cool. And like, not only is it you get the like novelty factor of yo, I'm sitting in an x one cockpit and it's rad. Um yeah. It actually does have pretty decent gameplay implications. So like, I am now tracking. So there's like a couple of, there's like two modes for the HUD as well where like you can either have like just the ship instruments or like the HUD layer on top of it where it's like the thing that you're targeting currently has like an arrow off screen about where it is which yeah. you would not get normally with instruments. So I'm using that at the minute and like the arrow would point off screen and I can actually like I can be flying forward and look directly up to track mm-hmm. a thing as it comes back into my view and it does actually
1: you are doing, doing what actual pilots would do. Totally. That's the
0: and it's effective, and it works, and it's um, being able to... There's something... Yeah, like, having played quite a few of those games in the past, like, being constrained to only looking forward, now that I can actually, like, continue flying forward, focus on something, and quickly look left, check what's there, is actually super freeing. And I can actually see it having an advantage in the multiplayer, like, doing it in VR, yeah. um, for sure. Um, I'll also say the inside of an x-wing looks like the most uncomfortable fucking thing i've ever seen where yeah. like the throttle is like up on the left like it's not down where your yeah, arm it's... it's like up on the side next to the canopy and it's really yeah. weird um yeah and because... you said that the,
1: the tie fighter cockpit feels super restrictive yeah like so
0: like so they start you the first batch of missions are done as the uh empire no the Oh, sorry. No, the first couple, the first yeah. one mission is the Empire and then it flips back yeah. to the um to the oh, okay. Republic. So you do like three or four missions in a row as the Republic in X-Wings. And I think the last mission is in an A-Wing. I can't remember. Um, yeah. And then they switch back to the Empire. So going from an X-Wing, which has like a full 180 degree above you canopy that you can see all around and do all this kind of stuff, to then jumping into a TIE Fighter where you have zero side of top visibility and this tiny porthole in front of you. It, the thing that really got me as well was I'd forgotten completely that canonically Tie Fighters are like mass-produced bits of shit. Yeah. Like they have tie, tie,
1: fight, tie Fighters are fucking garbage. Like they're yeah. terrible spacecraft, and in universe they're awful. And like, they, have they're, no, they, have,
0: they have no shields.
1: They're cheap, plentiful, and fast, and that's yes. kind of all they are.
0: Um, they have no shields. They have very poor visibility. Yeah. Um. There's just hunks of shit. So it's like it,
1: it's why it's why in Universe, like after after Return of the Jedi and stuff like that, and there were a bunch of Empire pilots flowing around, is that people considered Empire pilots better because they were working with piles of way garbage.
0: gravity. Yep. <laughs>
1: so they had to get a lot more out of their ships to be able to be successful. Yeah. So ace TIE fighter pilots were like fucking shit hot pilots that then became like amazing Smugglers and like runners and all that sort of stuff around the world. Totally, but, um, yeah, it's crazy. Like, if you look at an actual Tie Fighter thing; it's like you have the visible like it, it's like human blinker, uh, human blinders. Yes, so you have totally. the visibility of like just that front panel, and that's kind of about it. Well, even um,
0: even and it's it's doubly worse in VR actually because not only do you ha- do you feel kind of restricted normally just because you've got a headset on, the fact that they can constrict your view even more to this viewport, it's yeah it really it does it's it they did a smart thing doing the order of the um the rebels to the empire because yeah. you, you you they the they give you all this freedom and then they take it away from you and be like yo these things are terrible and it's really effective yeah. um yeah but they yeah so the the v r stuff's very good even in the x wing if you're sitting you can recalibrate any time if you're sitting like the cockpit the, like the glass starts like, like maybe 20 to 30 centimeters below your eye line. Like, all of it is just cockpit. So, you are, mm-hmm. so it does kind of feel like you're looking over some stuff. Like, it, I felt like I had to initially had to, like, jostle my seat around and kind of look. I, I felt like a five year old in the front of a car almost. Like, it oh, you felt your like you're fist-
1: it's all yeah. yeah i
0: feel like i needed a booster seat or something like that but once you actually get into it and you're actually focused and doing the job like it makes a lot more sense because then you're like okay i do actually need to see all of these things working properly and because i've got this cockpit uh, the canopy above me i can actually look around and i do actually have the freedom It's just kind of off-putting at the start but you get into it very quickly um the only thing the only other thing i'll say so the the kind of structure of the game is like there's like the home base where you can go and talk to the rest of your members, your squad and get mission briefings. And then you go out for your mission and come back as we've talked about this as not a huge fan of star, but well, fan of star Wars. What does that even mean? Like everyone's a fan of star Wars, but like, yeah, yeah. like not as not to the same level that you are. Yeah. I really dislike the, on the, the mission briefing and like conversations with your characters. Oh, yeah.
1: stuff. No, that, That stuff when when I started this whole conversation out by saying it's good old traditional Star Wars, like that's the good and the bad. Yeah. Where it is not it is it is not doing anything smart. Like all the mission briefings of the Empire are all about how that we need to fucking crush this republic and we're the best. And all the Republic missions are like, guys, we're just trying to survive. We need to stop the Empire and all that. Like it's very, very traditional to the point where the characters in each of the squads are, like, so stereotyped. Like, yeah, it is... 100%. The the rep, the Republic guys are, like, the head of the squad is, like, this war vet that lost her arm, but she's very good-mannered, but she is also, like, wants stuff done correctly. There's the Trandoshan, who's just, like, a gambler, like a scoundrel, who's only doing it for the money, but then you discover he's actually doing it for his friends along the way. There's the hotshot the Miralarian racer who's like actually in tune with the force because all the Miralarians are. Of course. Um and then the, the this is where this is where the game gets kind of disappointing because it like flirts with being cool about some stuff in Star Wars like there's the there's the woman on the republic side who's like her family are an empire family that she's right. yes. that she's run away from to go and be part of the republic yep. which if you follow that story down, potentially has a lot of really interesting implications that you could go into, and it just doesn't because that—that's like her character. Her character is all oh, my parents are from the Empire, and that's it. Right. Like that's her whole thing. Um, and yeah, like on the the Empire side, you've got like
0: they're just none of them not- are likable. Like I've I've done. No, like, like- I'm currently in that first batch of Empire missions. Like after the after the after the first batch of um, Rebel missions. And, like, unless those characters, like, develop, like, I just don't like any of them. Like, they're all just, like... Literally one of them does.
1: Like, again, it flirts with the idea of being cool. There are two characters on that Empire side that flirt with the idea of being interesting, and then they're just not, because it just doesn't develop it at all. Like, one of the the pilots is, like, um, she is thinking beyond the empire like like she's she's thinking like obviously the empire hasn't worked so what do we do now so right. she's all about like we should go back to the senate and try and like right build the senate back up and get power politically again mm-hmm. as opposed to this thing that we're doing now because obviously this isn't working right. and then which is super interesting that's a really cool idea like what happens if after the empire fall they try and build the senate back up again and then that happens and then you've got a, like a repeat of what happened in the clone wars like how do people learn from that and stuff there's interesting stuff there that they just don't do anything with it's mm-hmm. this is this is this is where having the the universe knowledge that i have is like i'm like oh yeah i see what you're doing you're very, telling a very stereotypical star wars story but then you give me these nuggets that are like, oh, that's a really cool thing, and then they just break apart in my hands, and I'm like, oh, you didn't do anything, like, that. Not- stuff.
0: <laughs> so, like, from a technical perspective, it's pretty good. Like, uh, the, the character models are super detailed, and, like, they animate yeah, pretty well. Really good. And, like, even in VR, like, up close, like, they hold up. They're really, really good. But for me, like, as someone who would want more out of a narrative than just, like, the, like, original trilogy level of, like, heroics and... Like yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Like who's somebody who wants more file? It's saving the day. Totally. Yeah, again, like, like like that, If you want yeah. more from the narrative, like you're just not going to get it. But for no, me as well, like not. all of the dialogue felt because all of it was that the dialogue felt almost procedurally generated to me, and I know it's not. Yeah. But like the way this, the way that these characters deliver these like, up points like diatribes about like like the state of things and like how they're feeling yeah. and all like the the way the sentences are, are connected together doesn't feel natural and i don't think it's a problem with the voice acting like the voice acting generally is pretty decent no it just the, the, it feels like the answer, it feel, it feels like they recorded yeah. a bunch of sentences and then stitched them together later
1: yeah there there are some reads that are really weirdly done like yeah. it wasn't connected but yeah i i i totally agree with you that the, I think the issue isn't with the performances because I think the voice acting in whole is pretty decent. Like, yeah. people are... They, for for, they for have, what they're that, doing... They have character, like, they, are,
0: they are people. Yeah, for what they're, what they're doing, they, do. they deliver on that premise of, like, a original trilogy level of performance about what they're doing and level yeah. of kind of kind that kind of level of interaction. Totally get that. It's just
1: the, the writing is very, very stereotypical. I just, I
0: don't... Is. I just, I stopped by the end of that original um, Republic set of missions, I just stopped talking to people in the station. I was like, just give me the next mission and we'll talk during the mission. Yeah. Like, I just stopped talking to people, which seems like a waste because it seems like everyone's doing well. Yeah, and... like there, the,
1: the, There is it's at least well acted
0: stuff yeah, and totally. like i said there are, there are there are like little flecks of stuff that you could see that they could maybe do something And that's with the thing them. like i'm not i as somebody who does not know do the universe well i'm not even gonna get that right like yeah there's some, no. there's some potentially interesting stuff and it's like oh yeah that's cool that like her parents were from the empire and she's left that's an interesting idea but like i have no context for like how that fits into the rest of the world or any of that because i'm just like that's a cool idea but if you're not gonna do anything with it, then fine i'm just gonna, gonna need to skip all these and dialogue it's like, the, the um Oh, no, I can't say that because that's a spoiler for the story. Never okay. mind. Okay, okay. <laughs> fair enough. Um, but yeah, g- like generally, as a game, I, I, I'm enjoying it. I need to get back to it, actually. It's fun.
1: Like, like it. if, you, if you detach yourself from the story or whatever, it's just a good space yeah. combat game.
0: And actually, I'm weirdly but... interested in the multiplayer. Yep. I would like to see what oh, yeah, yeah. people who don't... People who have not played that kind of game before, which I assume is a a chunk, big chunk of the people who have bought this as a Star Wars game... Um, how they react to that, like as a multiplayer game, it could be interesting. Um Yeah, we'll see. But that's yeah. just—it's
1: uh, it, it's really fun. Don't go in expecting any, anything other than a very traditional Star Wars story. But that, it's also not full price, awesome. right? It's no, it's, it's like Twenty-five? Like, something like that. Let
0: me just quickly check Steam.
1: mean, which which only favors it. Like totally. if they're just doing this little, it's just this little, fairly cheap seven hour star wars hey go be a cool pilot yeah sure that's fine like, that's totally a thing you can do. 35 quid on steam right now so sure, yeah yeah cool. i would um, I, I if you want to go space combat game it's there if you want to just go and be like oh man i'm flying an x-wing that's there as well
0: <laughs> um cool unless we got anything else there's basically like two stories um in terms of news that we can talk about one is that well two in a bit um People have got their hands on some series... Or not got their hands on. People have been given some Series X's. um, Reviewers mm. who have got actual units and have been playing... Up until, I think, the day before you're hearing this, people have been playing a lot of backwards compatible stuff to check. So, like, there's a video up of... I can't remember what it was. Possibly IGN. I can't remember. Somebody playing Warframe and, like, putting it side by side with the 1X version and, like, the load times are, like astronomically better and all of this kind of stuff um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it seems like the backwards compatible stuff at least works and then just yesterday a bunch of um, previews went up of people who have actually played some next gen games so I think it was Dirt 5 and weirdly enough Yakuza 7 were the two games that people were allowed to play and talk about um, and half of it was for me interested is people going yo Yakuza 7 real good which is like great awesome I'm looking forward to that um, Good to know. Yes. But also it seems like the, the, the one, I think it was Polygon, that their, their kind of overall takeaway was, like, don't expect the 4K-ness of this to be, like, a giant leap forward in the same way that, like, HD was. But the combination of, like, the high frame rates, the load times, the general kind of usability of the machines, like, games just feel better as opposed to looking better so that's a good that's a cool idea i'm glad that they're actually that people are saying that that it's not just like because it would be a really terrible thing for people to get like the same type of games just in 4k and with zero other things so i'm glad that people are actually saying that up front um and then also sony um straight <laughs> up a video on their new channel somebody taking apart a part of ps5 yeah Um, just really oh, eating, just really, really eating yeah. into ifixit's whole business model right there um but yeah there was a uh a, a, a japanese guy uh who was one of the technical team i can't remember his actual job title um just taking a part ps5 with a screwdriver um yeah and there's a couple of things one like when you see the size of that thing in context to a human being you're like oh he's a chunky boy um oh yeah that's is, that is a big fucking thing um there was the the base the stand which is a super nice bit of engineering where it has like a nice little clip that it clips on and off the screw that you used to screw it on like there's a bit in the stand to keep the screw so you don't lose it and um, if you put it flat there's a little bit of plastic that also lives at the stand that you can put over the screw hole so you don't have an exposed screw hole in your machine like all like mm-hmm. really nicely designed bit of kit um, which is kind of cool, um,
1: and it's like fucking ninety percent heatsink. Yeah, it's so
0: ridiculous. when they cracked, when they cracked that thing open and took the the mainboard out, I was like, "There's nothing in this." Like the mainboard yeah. is like, no joke, like two thirds of the thing probably less probably like half the unit or something like that which has like probably. this really tiny cpu with like co-processors around it uh and then the rams is like two chips on it the mvme drive or the the storage that they've got on it is like welded to the board so it's all just in this one board that's like half the size of the box and you're like why is this thing so fucking massive and then they pull this like this is a giant like the largest heatsink you've ever seen it's just it's it's Astronomical this thing. Like when he pulled it out, I thought it was a a joke. Um, but I suppose like, yeah, cooling's important. Um so yeah, seeing all that was good. That also I really enjoyed that the um the unit they pulled apart was the the standard unit, not the digital edition unit. And like when they opened that case up and like they basically just like lifted the drive off, like that drive is for sure just like basically bolted to that system afterwards Mm -hmm. where the manufacturing process for that is like, okay, half of these machines that are ready to go, half of them just go straight in boxes. And the other half just go to this thing where we put a drive on it and ship it onto the box. Like it's not, (laughs) it's not welded to the board or anything like that. It's just like, like drive cable done moving on. Um, So yeah, it was, it was cool to see. Um, Yeah. But also they talked about, uh, well, they didn't talk about, they showed the fins, the, the, the popped collar V-neck of the PS5. um, Yeah. Those fins just come off. Like they just pop off. Which raises two really interesting propositions. One of them is that they pop off and there's a there's a specific gap in the case where um all of the dust gets fed into that you just hoover that one little gap, and that theoretically is most of the dust from the, the console. Which is really nice. I really like that bit. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. but also it raises the possibility of replacement fins. Because the fins don't have anything in them, they're just fins. So you could pop them off and put them on. So, like, do you remember Xbox 360 faceplates? Yes. <laughs> Why don't we just get, like, camouflage fins for your... <laughs> oh, God, yeah, PS5. I didn't think about that. Here's your Fortnite-branded fins for your PS5. Um, Yeah, it's a cool video. It was. It's just it was really nice to see a company just doing that as opposed to, like, yeah. waiting for it to come out and somebody buying it and pulling it apart. It also showed, like... It also showed that they weren't scared of... One of the big potential worries for these new consoles considering they are so um powerful and custom built that they're gonna do the Apple thing of just like layering glue over everything so you can't yeah. like, pull any part of it apart. No, 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 no. But actually yeah. it seems super replaceable and repairable. Like the fans just screw off, like the main board comes out with like three cables. Like it seems very repairable, which I was not expecting. And it um yeah. it's cool. Um so there's that stuff which is cool. Like yo, those consoles are out next month. Which is still wild to me. Like, it's I'm crazy, like a month yeah. away. Um, I still haven't pre-ordered. I'm probably not going to at this point. Um, we'll see what happens in the new year once there's you know games. Um, yeah, I'll,
1: I'll I'll worry about it when the games are out. And then yeah. the
0: stock will probably be higher. So theoretically. Um. So you sent me the story. I completely missed this, and you sent me the story. Um. So to Gate three. Yeah. Hit early access. Um, yes. And I know you're you're not touching it until it's ready No, that that, a game called Baldur's Gate 3 is
1: too important to me as a person to play in parts or in a broken state or I want that game when it is has a clarity of vision and like is like has a thing on it that says this is the game that we want to make like it is this then I'll play it which will be 1.0 which will be in like a year or something like that so who knows
0: Yeah, Um, and so when I saw it gone on early access, the I have a work chat with some people about that we were talking about games and a couple of them were like, oh cool, of Gate 3 came out. We should, I should play that. I was like, you know it's the early access version and like all of the early reports are saying this thing is buggy as hell. And they were like, oh ah, yeah as ah, like so an er, ah, it's like an early access game. Like of course it's got some bugs. It's early access. So it'll be fine. And then like the next day they're like, yo, this thing's buggy as hell. <laughs> like yeah. straight up like they were the, the person I was talking to, like, they're enjoying it, but like one blue screen, multiple soft locks, like that kind of yep. level of technical issues with it right now. So I'm not surprised people are going to wait on it, especially yourself. Um, yep. But the thing you sent me was that they pushed a, a hotfix um, with some patches, uh, with some hotfixes, and they had a note about the character creator was the thing. Yeah. So this re- is really interesting
1: because I was, I, I I always find it fascinating because I, I am a like Dungeons and Dragons player, like, hmm. I've seen multiple people who gen characters and stuff like that about how people go about genning characters. It's like a very personal thing that has a lot of like what that person wants to do and how they want to do it. And so when Larian came out and they say, oh yeah, they've got like, they they pulled together all of the character creation data for the Baldur's Gate 3 early access that have been made right now. They are able to, because God knows players don't understand how much data developers can pull out of their game. Yeah. So they pulled all the data for character gens that have been gened thus far, parsed it out, figured out all the data, and then used it to create the average character that a person makes in Baldur's Gate 3. So like the most basically the, the most widely chosen thing, including like race, gender, everything and made that character and put it out on their Twitter account. And it was a white, chiseled jaw dude with black hair, short black hair, and no distinguishing features whatsoever.
0: He weirdly, like most- he weirdly looks like um, the Peter Parker from the Spider-Man game. Sure,
1: yeah, he, he totally does. That is That would be a fair comparison. And it is... Like they, I think they put it out on Twitter saying like it, it was a joke, but they were like, "Oh yeah, we're not angry, we're just disappointed." Like so I, I've
0: got the, I've got the post here. Um, we took the most popular cut choices in character creation and recreated this. We thought our an- analytics system wasn't working. We checked it is. Congratulations, you've basically made the default vault dweller. What the hell, guys? We gave you demon eyes, horns, and tails. We're sorely disappointed. Go crazy. We worked hard on this. Yeah, so, yeah. So
1: like in in the it's not it's not obviously it's not complete. They don't have every race in. Yet. Yes but in the the breadth of character gen that exists in Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, which is what this game is based off of, there are even, like... You could even go one step further and be like, I'm going to make an elf. Like, be that daring. Like, you don't have to go down the rabbit hole of, I want to make, like, a tiefling that's purple that has this, this level of horns, this tail. I want to make a dwarf with this level of beard. Like, all this stuff. Just... It, it is. It is kind of sad that when they are presented with all these options, people pick generic human man, yeah. and it is. It's just sad. Like I, I like like genuine characters is a really cool process, especially Dungeons and Dragons. Like it is is a super where you can be as creative as you want. You get to make this whole character that can do whatever. Like it can be anything that you want it to be,
0: and people pick generic man like it's it's just so sad like it's unbelievable because i even thought because um, i imagined that my anytime i'm playing a f- fantasy game of this type like my characters are always like i try and i always go like it's usually like female elf with some kind of braid like that's just the character that i've built up over these years like that is my mm-hmm. that's the character i've been using since like fucking neverwinter nights <laughs> So I and I thought that was going to be like the default because I assume every because my in my head nobody keeps everything at default right like you either go like monster factory no middle sliders or you at yeah. least change one of everything right yeah so I was like there's nobody like the thing I do is probably going to be the default character is my guess nope <laughs> white dude no okay there are people, sure. there are people that just
1: pick the generic white dude and. There, are, like I was talking to you about this, there are reasons to do that in Dungeons and Dragons. Like there yes, are reasons, the mechanical to reasons human. to do that. Yeah, which is which is sad. Like it, this is a whole other aspect of D anD D where like I wish that this wasn't the case because it is like the the benefit that you get from picking human is probably like the best racial benefit in Dungeons and Dragons because it's so open. But a free feat is a really powerful thing that lets you. Kind of dictate how that character works. So when people want to do a very specific thing with a character, they feel almost driven to be human because it lets them do the thing they want to do as quickly as they can. Yes, which is really sad because then they don't have the option of being like all these other cool races that you could could like could be. Um, but the the interesting thing is like I don't know how many people are thinking of it from a mechanical perspective. Yes, or are just doing it because that's what they do. Yes. Like, they just go in and they make the generic man. I mean, like, there's, pro-
0: there's probably also an argument, like, that since this game is not finished, a lot of people are not putting the time in to make their real characters.
1: Essentially, um, yeah, that's also an angle that could be taken. Yeah. But
0: still, that's like, right. I would still, like, it, it, for me, if that was the case of, like, this is not going to be my final character, I'm going to put 60 hours into this game in, I'm going to create the weirdest fucking character you can possibly make. Um, yeah, totally,
1: I would on that as well. Apparently
0: not. Like, when,
1: when, like I... I I've been sitting thinking about it and like when when version 1.0 comes around and like what what character do I make for my like first playthrough or whatever like most of the the time it would be like if if I didn't know going in I'd be like oh yeah I'll make like a monk or a rogue or something like the thing that I usually make first time but knowing D&D 5th Ed as well as I do like I'm probably going to go in and make like a dwarven cleric or something like that because like clerics are awesome in fifth ed like clerics are so good like they have so much stuff and it's a lot of fun to play and like dwarven dwarven cleric is kind of like a classical thing in dungeons and dragons but it is still really cool but it's like there's a lot of options guys like you could just do so much like it's so sad yeah yeah Uh, please please if you're a person out there that is playing generic man number six million like try
0: something else at least,
1: at least yeah at least when you're done playing generic man at least go back and try something else there are so yeah. many cool options take like i i advise you to do the complete opposite of what you did like go and be like a tiefling or something like yeah. that go be something fucking crazy because like if it's if it's anything like how it should be in dungeons and dragons being a tiefling in that world is going to be fucking weird because yeah, it's hard
0: um, being a tiefling in D. My DM for the the D I'm playing at the minute, her character she's playing in the other game, she's not DMing, she's a tiefling, and the stories have been wild from that yeah. thing so far. So, so, so. It is if, if you're a a D player, the two things that
1: are the hardest to get away with are being a tiefling and being a drow. And yeah. I have done I have done one of those things and I have not done the other, and it is really interesting but really hard. Yeah. And it is so it's yeah. When you're when you're a person that basically has to cover their face in polite society at all times or yeah, else exactly. you get like you get called a demon or you get called a murderer or you get called some other bullshit it's it's really hard so yes i i beseech you if you're done with generic man go like play a tiefling or something like do something interesting because it will <laughs> it will enhance the game i
0: assure you oh, i'm sure i'm sure yeah um the final thing i'll say um the two player patch for uh, Untitled Goose Game came out, um, yeah, and yeah. me and wife played through that whole game again. That game continues to be fun as a second playthrough, um, yeah. and they they have the right level of detail. If you start that game as a two player game, the title card says Untitled Goose Game, and I was very impressed with that, and it was great. A oh, Little well, um, touch, the- yes, nice little touch. Um, also, they have two different honks. It's not just a single honk. They have a different honk. Oh, is it a different pitch or whatever. It's like a is lower like- honk because they've got like a oh, okay. they've got a like a. I don't know what the technical term is, but they've got like an extra lump on the bill. Like it's like a hornbill. Is that a thing? I can't remember. I think so. Um, but they've got like an extra bit on their thing. So they've got like a lower honk. So you can really scare some sh- the shit people in that town with just two geese, like just running at you honking. It's I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure you still, can fuck people up. Still very funny. Um, cool. we have got nothing else. What's coming up? Well, um, so no, the, 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 oh, there's something thing that
1: came out just before we started recording. Yeah. Um, they're putting a Sonic the Hedgehog outfit in Fall Oh, Vol- Christ.
0: Guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. It's it's horrific. Like yep. it
1: is it, when you look at it, it's, it's official. Like I think it's like yes. people that buy it, it's like Sega donating to charity or yep. something.
0: Is that right? Yep, yep,
1: yeah. But when you look at it, it's not like a Fall guy skin. It is a Fall guy's bean dude wearing a Sonic outfit.
0: It looks like he's so wearing it, a Sonic skin. It's really yeah. um,
1: It's It's so yeah. yeah it's so. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love oh, yeah, the it's, idea it's, yeah. of like, an official Sonic the Hedgehog outfit in Fall Guys. That's great. But it's just the right amount of horrific that is... It's and kind it's- of in keeping with what that game has done before, where it's like, just just creepy enough. Like, when you look at that bean, you're like, hmm, it's a bit unnerving.
0: And especially with the amount of, like, quote-unquote lore that they've been putting out about these things, with like, yeah, well, here's what the inside of a Fall Guys bean looks like. And... Like yes, they're all canonically six foot tall and all of that kind of stuff. You're like, so Sonic exists in this world too? Like, is that what you're telling me? Um Yeah,
1: yeah. that's yeah, that's the other thing of like out of all the mysteries in the Volga universe of like who the fuck are these six foot beans? Why are the skeletons so weird? What happens to what happens to beans when they fall off? Like where do the beans go when they die? <laughs> but <now> the <laughs> Sorry,
0: where do beans go when they die is a fantastic sentence.
1: I was yeah. Well, that's there's your podcast. Yeah, actually. I was about, I'm writing um, it down as we speak. The fact that Sonic the Hedgehog is now existent in that universe to the point where they make outfits out of it is so bizarre. Yeah, you it's, about it?
0: it's very funny. Oh, it's crazy. Um, cool. Uh, what's coming up? Um, the new game from. Richard Hogg, who is the artist behind uh, Wilmot's Warehouse, comes out. Oh, soon yeah. Called I Am Dead. I in. I'm Dead. That's yeah. out. I do want to play that. Yeah. It, um,
1: it seems really cool. I know. Uh, oh, what's his name? Matt Lees. Uh, oh, yes did a voice for it or something like oh, that. Oh, that, that's the guy from
0: anywhere. the Shop and Sit Down
1: guy, right? Yeah, shop, yeah. And sit, shop and Sit Down and some other stuff that I've yeah. been following over the years. But he's done a voice in it. And he oh, cut cool. the trailer, apparently. So nice. I do want to see it. It looks cool. It looks like a weird, chill puzzle game yes. or something like that. Yes. So yeah, I kind of want to, I
0: kind of want to check that out as well. Yep. Something so there's like that. that. Um, there's also... I just had something else comes out soon. Um, oh, Red Lantern comes out the 22nd, which is a... Adventure pseudo survival game about um, dog sledding in Alaska. What? <laughs> okay. Um, you go look it up. It's That's called Red Lantern. Little. It's uh, it's got a really cool trailer. I've been. It was announced a while ago. I think it was a Nintendo Stream actually that they announced it. Um, looks looks cool. Looks like an interesting. Um, looks like an interesting thing, but that comes out the twenty second, which I kind of want to. Kind of want to get. Oh right. Oh, the, oh, the, the other very minor thing. Um, the original Rogue, like the. Thing that created roguelikes, like that yeah. level of rogue, is coming on Steam mm-hmm. on the twenty first. Um, oh, really? Uh, and it's marked as a roguelike on Steam, which I think is very funny. <laughs> I,
1: that's that's very good.
0: I like that a lot. Um, But yeah, so there, there's a couple of things coming out um, in terms of site stuff. Um, this week, there was uh, other sides. We're looking to other sides, which that video needs to go up. I just haven't cut it yet because I've been busy um we should do something with solitaire conspiracy just to show the mechanics of that game um it's very cool oh sure show what solitaire with uh solitaire with faction powers yeah Yeah. um also we should get to the point where we talk about Genshin impact because i need to see that thing in action i need to understand yeah
1: i'll i'll put more time into it and see what i can do with it i will see if i can there's some way of showing that thing off um i will let you know but yeah Yeah, definitely
0: um Cool. Just and see then, if there's
1: anything else that's coming out this month. No, n- not
0: until next time we do stuff. then um, Watchdog Legion comes out twenty ninth. I was going to say that was the thing. I was like, I'm sure there's something that comes out in October, and it's 29th. Watchdog
1: Legion. Yeah.
0: Um, also, the next Dark Pictures game comes out in the thirtieth, so we should play that other one <laughs> that I bought. Oh man, yeah, I got it. On, I got it of on sale, and it's got the friend play thing, so you can play with us. Oh yeah, free, so should play that. we should do that um but yeah that's everything
1: i'm basically yeah i'm I'm basically just holding out until beyond light comes out i think
0: that's the oh yeah that's the it's november 10th um and then i'm trying to remember there's something else in it i mean there's a bunch of stuff in november but like assassin's creed oh god the 10th is terrifying the 10th is assassin's creed destiny 2 beyond light um where was the other thing uh, Madden say, Madden, NBA, Watch Dogs and Yakuza oh, yeah. all come out on the 10th. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you're yeah. right. And then November and then the 12th is uh, fucking Cyberpunk, right? No,
1: Cyberpunk's the 19th.
0: Oh, you're right. What's the 12th? Oh, the 12th is the, the console launch, right?
1: Yeah, so tw- yeah. 12th is oh, the, no, there is stuff that comes out on the 12th. 12th is console launch, but it's also like I think Bug Snacks is Bugstax. out of the 12.
0: Bug Snacks is out the 12. Yeah. Yep. The Demon Souls Remaster Godfall. Yeah, so that's
1: new, new game stuff.
0: Um
1: Wait, there's a Kingdom Hearts game that comes out in the Oh, right, it's that new rhythm game? Right, okay. I yes. Understand. Uh
0: 13th okay. is Black Ops, 17th is a New Version of Combat, and then Cyberpunk's 19th. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So there's stuff. Video, um, video Games will happen eventually at some God, point. Good. Um, and yeah, like I'm. I'm not going to get into it, but like, it's so depressing to watch CD Projekt Red just continue to do real bad things to make me unexcited yeah. about Cyberpunk again. Like, like... they're trying. Their, they're trying their best not to make you play that game. It's... I know they're really trying. They're they're really trying. But man, I'm excited for that game. Um, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, uh, GamingStar is the name of the website. You can find all of our articles, videos, and podcasts are up there. We are on youtube.com slash gaming start. You subscribe there. You get notified when we put new videos up. Um, we are on Facebook and Twitter. If you search Game and you Start, you find us there. Podcast at startcom is the email address if you want to get in touch. And that's us. Enjoy whatever you're playing. Stay safe. And we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye.